Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Connor Happer. <laughs> Mike Schaefer. You know what goes great with major sports moments and or Creighton meltdowns? Course. This is Happer and Schaefer. All right, so Nebraska basketball lost to Indiana over the weekend. I got to be honest here, and maybe this is kind of where I'm coming from on it. I don't know that I was expecting a whole lot. Um, the way that they started was super encouraging. It was half the way that they started with the energy that they brought, and then the other half, probably Indiana waking up a little bit as well. Both those teams were coming off of um, you know long, long battles in the previous days leading up to it. I just did not have a good feeling with Nebraska coming in off of a four overtime game on the road, early tip um, against a, against a physical type of team, a team that's not necessarily going to shoot the lights out or anything like that. Like it's a, it's not a finesse style, right? That Indiana is playing against you and their bodies are big and they'll beat you up inside. Derek Walker took a beating. He was he had the it looked like he bumped knees with somebody and then he got you like know, a shoulder. Yeah, shoulder. He was stretching out his shoulder and got bonked on the head at some point. Um so uh they, they they took a bit of a beating and you know they they hung in there. That's that's one thing that team usually ends up doing is that they they hang in there and they kind of scrap and claw and find their way. I just over so so in the one game perspective, that's kind of where I'm at. Like I kind of write it off as that because it was just tough circumstances coming in. Not that there's not going to be tough circumstances. Now the bigger picture questions are becoming much bigger and in in plain sight, I suppose. It's um it's getting tough to see how uh, not to be too over, not to overgeneralize too much, but it's getting tough to see how it works. Yeah, you know, it's um, they they're there are some inherent things about this team, and, and you you know, you give it a couple weeks and months into the season to kind of figure out who they are, and I think we know quite a bit about them at this point. So I'll just go ahead and empty the notebook and tell you what I think they are. It's a team. And especially in their current state without Trey McGowan's. Um, maybe this changes with him or at least fixes itself to a degree with I Trey I mean, you probably win the NC State game with him. Uh, would have been nice to have him at the end of the Creighton game. But at long term, the problems are still there. They're not. Um, I've said this a lot of times on the show before. It's not a. It's not a physical team, especially from the defensive end. Um, just and and then in the way that they're built, you wouldn't look at them and say, "Oh, yeah, that team's gonna really grind you, get after you on the defensive end, rebound, you know, get back in transition, that type of stuff." That's that's not how they're built. They're built for one sole purpose, um, and that purpose is to be an offensive machine. And there are just nights, whether it's dependent on Alonzo Verge's decision making 
or just poor shooting in general where it doesn't work. And when you don't have that option, you're not going to win. You're just, I mean, you're just flat out not going to win. Um, unless you're playing a team that's a little bit down the line as far as the talent perspective is concerned. Plainly put, Nebraska basketball cannot be shooting poorly and expect to win basketball games. And that's just something that that happens. It, it, yeah, we could talk about the shooters that they have on the team and how they're not performing and stuff like that. And it's been that way a little bit over the last couple of years. I think they have more of them on their roster now. This team is more equipped to shoot well than they have been over the last couple of years, generally as a team. But even then, there's still going to be nights where you just don't shoot it and days where you just don't shoot it. And they need a they need to be physically to the point where they have a little bit of a little bit more of a fallback option. It just doesn't seem like they do. And I've and I've said this before. It's it looks like to me either it works or it doesn't. And I, I just don't think that can be it. You know, so they maybe have to rethink a little bit the way the roster looks in the future. And then, you know, at times I feel like they need to reconsider the way, the, the style in, in which they play as well. So it's, even if they, even if they were able to shoot well, right, on a nightly basis, you could trust them to do that. They still have inherent issues that I'm worried about yeah. going, going up against some teams in this league. Um, as far as that game on Saturday, once again, I'm kind of just like, you know, you're coming off of a four overtime game. You're playing Indiana. That's a, that's a, it's a group that's going to beat you up a little bit. I, I'm actually semi, you know, okay with Nebraska fighting the way that they did, but in general, it's not a it's not a rosy picture right now at all. And I think there's some big questions to ask. Somebody said on the on the text line, um, somebody said something about um, Fred needs more. Yeah, Kevin said Husker men's basketball is heading toward another 20-plus last season. This is a bad team, and Hoiberg needs some scrutiny for it. Um, Miles' teams were, were never this bad. That's what I'm saying, man. It's 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 one option. It's either green light or red light, and that's what's tough, I think, about them right now. And it's, it's a, there's a lot more red light than green light, obviously. Yeah, I would stop a little short that Miles' teams were never this bad. There was some stink bombs but they in there. But they played in a way – to where they could potentially still win games if they had 20% shooting nights. Sure. Yeah, they were built differently in first year. That's what I mean. Um, that, yeah. So like if you're already go if if you're going to be talent if you're going to be if you're going to have less talent than most of the teams that you're going up against in the Big 10, which I think Nebraska as a program kind of that's that's a that's an inherent thing that you might accept. There's there's one or t- one of two ways to go about it. You either Slow down, beat them up, and you know maximize your offensive possessions that you have. Or you go the other way, which this staff has done, and is implement a system that you think can generate good looks and good shots. Unfortunately, that doesn't get you all the way there. Because I I I believe in this offense. I believe that the offense can generate good looks by itself. Where Nebraska's had issues over the last couple of years is that they can't put the ball in the hoop. They can't score it. They can't finish it. And yeah. it doesn't mean anything if your offense is, is like this this fun machine that works and generates all these good looks if you don't put the ball in the basket. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, and this conference definitely makes it harder um, than most to, to 
just go out there and shoot your way through everything. You got to have all the all the pieces working, and we know that Nebraska is still devoid of some of those. I mean, it, it goes back to one of the early concerns with Hoiberg was basically like his style worked really well in the Big Twelve. The only other Big Twelve coach that we know of that went from the uh, the Big Twelve over to the Big Ten as of late is Brad Underwood over at Illinois, and he had to radically change what he did in the Big 12 to what he's doing in the Big 10. He had to go get a Kofi Coburn. He had to play a different style. They had to play a really defensive, heavy, frenetic style to try to create turnovers and beat teams that way. The The concern I have is it just feels like Nebraska had played Saturday's version of a game in the Fred Hoiberg era, at least a half dozen to ten times at this point, where it's oh, you, early in the game, the other team is slow to come out. Nebraska builds up this lead, and then they just can't either add to it or they just can't put a team away they, early. I mean, we, this has come up a lot. Every team has these droughts, but Nebraska seem more extended because they they don't have a stopper. Right and, and yeah, they have no easy. Their, their answer to stopping it is let's continue to run our offense. It will be. It, it's only a matter of time before it generates a good look. We have to get unstagnated, right? We have to we have to do all these things, and then when you get to that point, you see a lot of guys wanting to take that shot and wanting to be that guy who who makes the first three in 20 attempts or, or whatever. And, and Wilcher had a couple of those, and, and I think Tominaga had a couple of them as well. And those guys are good shooters. I generally trust them with the ball. But then you get to the point where your offense isn't, isn't really doing it for you because the movement isn't there. And it's, it's, like, it's so dependent on all of these other things. Yeah. And so you don't – like you, you have nothing to get you out of these you know pits and – you can't sustain a good shooting run for an entire game. So it's just not, um, you know, it's not reliable. It's not, it, right now, the way it's working, it's not reliable. Well, and then in three of your four losses, you've just been massively outshot at the free throw line. Like, that's the other thing in all of this is the early part of the season, the first few games, you were getting these 20 attempt games. Yeah. And now on Saturday, they had five against uh, – North Carolina State, they had their, what, 15 in an 80-minute contest? Um, or 60-minute. 60 60-minute 60 contest. So, you know, like, you can't even... Because some teams, like, okay, you need to go get a basket. You're just going to try to bully it up a little bit, get to the free throw line, try to get some points, easy points that way. Nebraska doesn't have the size. Or, you know, McGowan's... No. They're, they're two guys who have the ball in the hand the most. Yeah. Bryce McGowan's and Alonzo Verge are just slight. Yeah. You know? And and the concern... And, and Bryce is getting... Be- Bryce Bryce will be there. Sure. You know? I have not much worry about him. The concern with Bryce on Saturday is that it felt like he sort of knew he wasn't getting anywhere close to the rim. So he was just content to take these 30-foot three-pointers yep. and just clang them. Yep. And, you know, you shoot 3 of 14 from the field that way when you're clearly not getting looks inside and they're keeping you out. He's not a good enough shooter at this point uh, to really be taking that many shots. But someone has to put him up. I mean, that's no one shooting well, which is just a common thing we've said about Nebraska basketball, regardless of who the coach is. And it, it's just you look at C.J. Wilter. His last three games have been really bad. But when they go into these, when they go into these runs where they don't score, they also stop moving. 
Yeah. Right? And, it and gets very stagnant. It gets very st- – and then that's not going to generate any good shots. Yeah. So Fred's answer to that is here's why we're going into the here's why we're going into these runs is because we're getting stagnant. We're not moving around enough. That's why we're getting bad shots. So let's keep doing let's keep doing what we do. Let's put guys out there who move a little bit. I think the offense moves when Tominaga's in the game because he actually physically moves right. his body around. But still Either A, you know, you can't execute it, meaning you can't put the ball in the hole. And B, even if you do, are you going to be good enough anyway? Like, that's more my main question right now. Like, even if Nebraska has this night where they shoot an average amount, um, is it going to be good enough anyway? Because when it comes down to the last moment of the game, who do you take? Trace Jackson Davis or Alonzo Verge or, you know, whatever the whatever it is that night. Or yeah. Hunter Dickinson or Bryce McGallans, you know? I mean, that's a better look for Nebraska, but you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. The, the sad thing about it, and this, I swear, everything just feels so circular with basketball and with football, is it's not like you're that far from being even more competitive in these games because if you just shot what Indiana did, 8 of 22, which isn't particularly good. No. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Nebraska loses that game by four, mm-hmm. you know, so it's as much as it's, well, they've got to find these other ways to score at the same time. If they can just make more of these three pointers that they take, that we physically know that they can make these shots. They just can't do them in succession. It still wouldn't be enough. Like, I, no, I, they I'd would still, still be worried about the long term. You would still need to figure out how to get more than five, three throws. You would still need to get more from your paint uh, production. I don't know what you do with Lat Man at this point. Like, I mean, he played 14 minutes and was generally gave you very little. Um, I find it interesting, and I I get that his value uh, is to sort of be a shooter, but I I, I guess I would have thought with the struggles that they've had in getting in against some of these teams, Keon Edwards would give you a little bit more. They're just too small. Yeah, so much of their lineup has you know. And these guys are fine. They but. went the other way. I mean, they went. They they started Tominaga there. Yeah, right. Which, Who, you know, again, I, I think fine. he makes the offense work better. Right, and I think he can be greater than maybe what he looks like on the defensive end as just a little you know slight three point shooter. But he he can be a pest occasionally. But the whole reason starting Edwards when Trey went out was because you wanted to get you wanted to get a little bit more athletic and physical. Yeah, on the defensive end, but they're just there's there's not too many options. You can't go down the line that far, you know. If they 
the signal, if they wanted to stray a little bit more in that direction, would have been to give Crom McPherson some more minutes, I think. And because he, he provides a little bit more of that of physicality, physicality on the defensive end. But I think the way they think about it is he doesn't give you enough offense, yeah. so we can't do it. It's just it's tough because your three smallest players played a combined, uh, looks like 73 minutes and finished 11 of 29 shooting. Like, if, if you're going to, A, take that many, like, nearly half your shots came from these three players of Tominaga, Verge, and of uh, Kobe Webster. Like, you have to get yeah, same more thing production. With Kobe. Yeah. I mean, I like, I think it's both good and bad that he came in and had that moment against Creighton. It's good because it shows you what he's capable of doing. It's bad because nothing was sustainable about it. They weren't good shots when he made them. And so now you're just searching for that repetitively. And his last few games, along with Wiltshire, have been really poor. Yeah. I'm okay with him him being the guy. Well, yeah, because someone has to take him. Somebody has to do it, but it can't be, like you said, reliable. Right. If, if that's your main you got to get more out of those three at if your offense for is, 73 minutes. Yeah, if your offense isn't working and it's like, hello, come on in, Kobe, and, and, and shoot it a few times, like that's – that will yield good results one every four times. Yep. You know, not not even half probably. Uh, let's take a quick phone call here from Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Hey, the thing that bothers me is that I, it just seems like they just don't care a whole lot about defense. I just you know, and you can say it's anything from not boxing out and get a body on a body on rebounds, but if they just don't seem like they play good defense enough in my mind and I think if you look and I know basketball's changed a little bit but you talk about the teams that were really offensively minded they'll all tell you it stemmed from their defense UNLV in the day Arkansas you know when they talk about it, they said our defense got our offense going you know you get a couple steals and that even helps shooters get in the rhythm a little bit get a couple easy baskets they get in the flow and, and it's and they talked about that, an Iowa State writer talked about that with their current team, that Fred just never really seemed too concerned with, with offense or with defense. And, and, again, there's teams when you're shooting threes, they're not going to go in. Well, then you better play good defense. And, and I just don't – to me, that's the whole of his game. It's just not a good defensive concept. But then again, what do I know? I'm not very smart. I've been a long-time season ticket holder, and – I'm not content just watching it in Lincoln. I'm going to Atlanta to watch it, where a seventy dollars ticket costs you a hundred and fifty. Yeah. So don't listen to me. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. No, I mean, I, I would, um, I would go along with that. Uh, they, it's not what they want to be good at. Like when when they want, when they see this thing, and see it at its best, or dream it at its best, or vision it, whatever it is. It is not, um, you know, it's it's one track viewed as a offensive juggernaut, right? That both has the players that can execute it and the system is working at a high level. I don't know that defense is really that much of a thought. It's um, it's it's frustrating because that was kind of plan A, like. Pl- Plan A is what the dream is, right? But there needs to be a little bit more of a plan B. If 
if you look at the roster right now and say, you know what, this is going to be enough if we can just get the guys that make shots, I would tell I would tell you that I disagree with you. Like if you looked at this roster right now and said, okay, you know, if, if we just if we just keep doing what we're doing and the shots go in, that's what we want to be. I don't know. I, I I don't agree with that. And I think what they, you know, what I would like to see is a little bit, a little bit more of an emphasis on the other side, and not just to coach it and teach it and stuff like that, but maybe have it reflect in the guys that are on the floor as well. Eduardo Andre, he's not the he's not the biggest, most physical presence out there, but he provides something. He's a bit of a he's a good rim protector, I think, and he's he's going to make you earn it if he fouls you. Um, or you know, if you if you go if you go to the free throw line, you're up against him. Um, McPherson probably is a little bit of the same way, um, and and not that like I I think playing those guys would fix your season, but I just think it would signal a change. You just keep going down this road and you go further and further, and it's like we need to get better. We need to get better at the offense. We need to get better at the offense, and they do, but it's also systemic of the entire thing, you know. And that's that's the thing that bothers me the most about it. Yeah, it's tough because, I mean, it, it wasn't. I don't even feel like defense is why they lost. Even, no, not, you know, on Saturday. not on Saturday. I, yeah, it was it was fine. And I don't know. And they usually they they do a good job. Usually, just historically under Hoiberg, when they go out on the road and it's like a back it's backs against the wall situation, they usually find a way to create their energy pretty well and lock, and lock in okay on the defensive end, where they can't do it on the road seemingly is shooting it. I think they're this is this is pretty obvious or self explanatory. Their margin for error would be so much better if they were shooting better than twenty seven. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean if you're shooting thirty seven percent, like then you're you'd still have you'd still have all the issues of and this is where the you know, kind of the lat thing comes in. Like box out. He never does. He never puts his body into anyone. The ball goes up, his back is turned and he's jumping, he's straight up or he's flattening. Like I just I don't get it. Like there's just simple things that this team just doesn't do. And they and it's not like it's this collection of guys. I mean, this has been an issue and it goes back into miles too. It's just like for whatever reason Nebraska has not accumulated a team that just does small things really well. Um and it has been really relying on, well, if we got to get the guy that can drill three-pointers, we got to get this or we got to get that. And it's like you can help yourself out by just getting the ball you know, start there. We didn't even talk about this after the three overtime game because you may have missed it. There was a moment in there where Derek Walker, instead of just grabbing the ball with two hands or letting Bryce McGowan, who also went up for the same rebound, decided to spike it like he was Lauren Stiverance. Like he was trying to tap it out, but he just tapped it straight down to NC State in overtime. Cost Nebraska basket, and they end up losing one of the leads that they had there. Like it's just little stuff like that. They just don't do it well enough. Let's take another phone call from Mike on the Honda Looking Hotline. Hey, Mike. How's it going, guys? Good. Hey, one thing, and I'm not, I'm not a basketball critic or a, a Hoiberg critic, but one thing that I found excruciatingly painful to watch in that four-overtime game the other night, which I watched basically from start to finish, was once that Sebron, which everybody knew his move was to go right, drive to the hoop, and try to draw contact, once he had four fouls, it seems like Nebraska doesn't have that play for blood, smell it, go attack it, isolate, you know, our best player or our, you know, find a way to get our best player on their best player and have him get, you know, that final foul. 
it, 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 it didn't, it's like it didn't even occur to them when I was watching the game that that, that was even a possibility or that, that they even knew that their best player had four fouls either towards the end of the, the first overtime or the, in the middle of the, the second overtime. Uh, it, I, they just don't have that play for blood mentality. Yeah, that's all I got, guys. Thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate it. I, I, I would, um, I would call that situational awareness. Um, you know, it, it all goes back to how the team is kind of built. I, I think, ideally, it's a, um, you know, it's a, it, it works on paper, right? It works in a computer. It's a, it's a robotic almost offense. You make this decision, this happens. You make this decision, this happens. And he has all the answers as far as that's concerned but it 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 doesn't take into account at times at times situation and the types of players that you're going against the types of players that you know what they're trying to do to you right it like you know what i'm saying it it works it works on paper this is this is broad right this is general um but i think situational or you know individually um there's been examples of that as well yeah i I mean, I think it. I feel like one of the things that Hoiberg always was able to do, um, and that they did a lot. They they hung their hat on. I think in the first couple of years is that they were able to draw stuff up really well. Um, I haven't seen much of that. Uh, you know, I haven't, yeah, well, I haven't seen had... much of that in the half court or out of bounds. Yep. You know, it just it, they it, maybe there's just so much. There's a certain amount of trust and, and non wavering in the in the quote unquote plan that. You know, you want them to play through it, and I get that. I think that's that's you know, that's your option, right? But there could be a tweak or two that make it, make it go the other way, or at least give them a spark because it just lo- it, it it continually looks the same. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it does feel like there's really only one way this is going to work. And that's if they get the exact right complement of players that actually play to the level of potential that they have, stay healthy enough, find a couple bigs that can hang inside. I mean, and, and then just survive that way. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like they're going to deviate off of whatever um, path that they're currently on. Uh, which, you know, it's hard to change midstream. It's hard to change midseason. But there's just a lot of things that just make you sort of feel like pretty lukewarm on that this is ever really going to heat up there's a weird analogy there but it's just it's hard to have a, i guess i should say it this way it's hard to have a lot of confidence that this is going to get a lot better than where it's at right whether in the short term or in the long term yep 402-464-5685 okay so there you go that was there that was uh Depressing basketball. Depressing basketball conversation. I'm you sure. just label it that, Rico. Yeah, depressing basketball conversation. And it lasted two whole segments, which means we'll have to do the pest of the weekend at uh, some other time during the show. It will happen. Don't worry. We'll come back more next on Happer and Schaefer. More of Happer and Schaefer is coming your way on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. 
Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.